1: Well, Australia's World Cup campaign is back on track after defeating Pakistan overnight in a thrilling game, Australia eventually winning by 62 runs. I'm Andrew Mentzel. I'm joined today by Shabul Corey from Crickblog. Shabul, I know you've been up all night. We'll get into the details of the game, but it was a great contest. Lots of runs, some very good spin bowling from Adam Zampa. So it had a bit of everything. Yeah, you summed it up pretty well there, uh, Menes.
0: Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, lots of runs, lots of dot balls as well for Australia. But I think that Pakistan fed us a lot of uh, some some helpful stuff. Let's let's say that. Um, and I thought I thought along with Zampa, Hazelwood was outstanding with the ball, and Stoinis chipped in there as well. So overall, look, it's a good win. Um, but I think there's there's still a few holes, there's still a few gaps in this Australian side that they've got to plug if they are to go far in this World Cup.
1: Yeah, most certainly we'll get into them fielding. Still a misfiring middle order. Maybe some concern around Mitchell Stark's bowling. But let's go back to to the toss. So Pakistan won the toss and they elected to bowl. A a curious decision, um, but I guess... Uh, you know they probably like a lot of teams feared the dew factor, which actually reports are that the dew didn't come in really. Mm. Um, so it, last night in Bengaluru, so th- so curious decision from Pakistan, but then they dropped Shadab Khan, their their leg spinner, and they brought in Usama Mir and. Yeah. Chavu, he had a shocker. I mean. He did. Well,
0: it's, it was like village stuff. He took two very good catches later in the innings but dropped that absolute sitter <laughs> early exactly. on. So,
1: so Australia yeah. went in unchanged, uh, the yeah. same team that they defeated Sri Lanka a few days ago. And yeah. David Warner, the, the catch you're talking about, he skied a ball to mid on when he was just on 10. And Osama yep. underneath it. You know, I, I don't often say the shovel, but I think even I would have caught that. And <laughs> I would have he, caught it with he, my
0: eyes closed, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and he dropped the dolly,
1: and it but not only, only that cost, Nez,
0: Yes, not only that didn't get a hand to it either.
1: Yep, and <laughs> and, and it only cost Pakistan 153 <laughs> runs.
0: <laughs> so when you talk about you know Pakistan winning the toss and bowling, I think you know had that catch been taken, which it should have been taken, it might have been a different game from there. You know you get Smith in who's not in the best of form, and then Manas takes his time to get settled and all that. So it's, it could, yeah, be a very different game. But but yeah, I think when you, when you're going back to you know the toss, the Bengaluru is typically a you know a chasing ground. It's very hard to defend there, and uh, I think Pakistan if they had shut up, Khan with the bat. You know, that extra bit of depth, with, they could have, you know, come a lot closer. But yeah, when you look at the IPL numbers, you score 200 at that grand, you're nowhere near safe in a T20 game. So yeah, I could understand Patrick Brown bowling first, but they just didn't bowl well at all, especially in no. those first 10, 15 overs. There was some really bad stuff there from them.
1: Yes, and there was a record-breaking day for Australia's openers, Mitchell Marsh and... David Warner put on 259 for the first wicket. It was Mitchell Marsh's birthday. So what a birthday for him. A cavalcade of records. Eventually, Mitchell Marsh was dismissed for 121 when the score, I said, was at 259. But it was his second one-day international century to go with his three test hundreds. David Warner made his 21st one-day international century. And he's overall 47th international tonne for Australia. So that 259 run partnership is the second highest opening partnership in World Cup history. It's also the second highest partnership by an Australian pair at a World Cup behind Steve Smith and David Warner's 260 against Afghanistan in the yep. 2015 World Cup at the whackup It's the fourth consecutive one-day international 100 for Australia against Pakistan. So I think – so for Warner against Pakistan. So so I'm sure David Warner would want to take the Pakistan bowling attack around with him in his pocket because, you know, you put those four ODI 100s together. Also, you can cast your mind back to his dazzling triple century at the Adelaide Oval a few summers ago. It's the fifth hundred by David Warner at an ODI World Cup, the joint most for Australia alongside Ricky Ponting. Only two more have scored more than that um, for in the world. So Roacham has seven and Sachin has six World Cup hundreds. And it's David Warner's third score above 150 in World Cups and no other player has scored more than one. So, I mean, a, a lot of fantastic records there by that pair. I mean we'll start with David Warner. I thought apart from that drop catch he looked phenomenal. He was flicking the yeah. ball over the yeah. leg side. He was hitting the cover drive well and he just looked in control the whole innings.
0: Over midwicket as well. Was 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 yes. real uh, was really dominant in that region and he loves that ground. So he's got, he's got experience there in the IPL, a wonderful record at that ground playing in that tournament so he knows that ground well. We needed him to deliver. Uh, and thanks to Osama and me with that drop catch, but we needed Warner to deliver. He'd been a bit quiet so far in this World Cup. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the middle order soon, but we need our top top order to deliver in this team. And and thankfully on this day, you know, Marsha and Warner were able to deliver. Warner was outstanding, you know, he he's so fit. Um, and he's always busy when he's not hitting boundaries. He's rotating strikes, probably an area Mitch Marsh could improve in. I thought, you know, he played really nicely. They've a lot of dot balls in the middle. So a couple of areas to improve there, but but Warner, I think, outstand his proactivity and his ability to put pressure on the bowlers. doesn't let him settle. So some of his shots over fine leg as well, you know, against Harris-Ralph in particular, great to see. And look, if he fires, then Australia going to be hard to beat.
1: Harris yeah, Ruff had a bit of a shocker. Eight overs, three for <laughs> 83. Finishes. I must
0: say, he bounced back well, though, man. As he's, his final figures, yeah, they true. look they look very expensive, but he was 65 off 4.1 overs at one stage. So he bounced back very well at the death.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, it was the, looking bad has, yeah, yeah, the Aussie batters enjoyed the pace coming onto the bat. So yeah, Mitchell exactly. Marsh made a, Mitchell Marsh made 121 off 108 with 10 fours and nine sixes. Mm. A lot of sixes for Australia, the most they've ever hit in a one-day international innings. And when Marsh was out, as I said, the score was 259. Fantastic innings from Marsh, up the top yeah. of the order. And if we cast our mind forward, if Travis Head does come into this side yep. and he he goes up to the top with Warner, then having Mitch Marsh at three yeah. does look ast- make Australia's balance look a bit better, and, and especially if he's in this kind of form.
0: It does, and you, and you probably avoid that issue of Smith and Marnus there in the middle, where there's not a lot happening. I think when when those two are together, it was always a concern heading into the World Cup, how those two, who are great players, but in the ODI format, how they would you know rotate strike and they would be proactive enough, quick enough, you know, in, in their scoring. So, unfortunately, probably Marnus will squeeze out when when um, when when uh, Travis Head comes back. But that makes Australia's lineup look quite formidable, and we get Travis Head spin bowling there as well, which I think is an, another bonus too. So, great innings by Marsh, uh, strike rotation in the middle, and uh, no, I'm standing a bit harsh, but there's a lot of dot balls there in the middle. Just, well, well just on those dot,
1: just it. not on those dot balls, and we'll get to it. But I, I do feel that Australia. And it, you know, I feel stupid saying this when they scored three hundred and sixty-seven, but I do yep. feel like we were still a little bit conservative. Like I think yeah. in England or even India in were in the same situation. Exactly. They would have pinned the pinned the ears back and gone for a massive score. So Should've when got Marsh 400. was out, exactly hmm. when Marsh was out, and it was the thirty-fourth over, and the score was two fifty-nine. You know, with sixteen overs to go, you'd yeah. be expecting at least sort of 380 to 400 from there. And and here's where this really started to get to me. So Pat Cummins does the right thing. He sends Glenn Maxwell out at the fall of the first wicket. Glenn Maxwell walks out there, the crowd's cheering RCB. It's an electric atmosphere. And then Maxwell's brain just shuts off for some reason. Couldn't believe it. Your first ball to Shaheen Afridi, he just tries to hit it. Actually, I don't know where he tried to hit it, Shabble, because it was such a bad shot. I don't even think he could tell you where he was trying to hit it. No, and this it is what annoys lie, yeah. me. I don't mind if first ball you get a, a bad ball and you go, i want to put this away. But that was the sort of ball Maxwell should have just pushed into the covers, got off the mark, and just – he had a few – he had enough time just okay. to assess the conditions for a little bit. Instead, the, the ball just went up in the air. Barbaro takes the catch. Pakistan get two in two. And it was a complete utter brain fade when The situation was set up for Maxi. You know, couple of overs to get yourself in and then go for it. It reminded me of uh, playing –
0: Uh, park cricket and and grade cricket back in the day where someone had to leave early to go to a wedding or something like that. So you just send him into bat and then he's just got to go from first ball. (laughs) But I was shocked he went first. You're right, he had time to just have a look at a couple. It was the last ball of the over as well and Shaheen was one of their main threats. So if you can, you know, stay in and just target some of the other bowlers who were bowling some loose stuff, uh, you know, Australia should have really got that 400 and and it was an opportunity wasted. Mm. And he's
1: Cummins confused me. So one ball before he sends Maxwell in, then he sends Smith out. Mm. Now, I think if if you're sending Maxwell out, then you actually send Stoinis out next. Stoinis. I, 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 was, out.
0: I was the same. Yeah, I was surprised. You Inglis after Stoinis.
1: Yeah. Maybe you send Cummins to start. And you hold Smith and Labashane back.
0: Yeah, yeah, they held Lebershane back, but it was surprising to see Smith come out at that point. I agree with you. I thought Stoinis would come in next, particularly when you consider that Warner was still going strong. And, you, you, yeah, you, you send Maxwell in, so you may as well, you know, keep going. But, um, yeah, again, the middle order for Australia, it's, it's an area to improve on. Let, let's be real. Uh, if we're going to win this that, World Cup, there's yeah. a few things we've got to fix.
1: Absolutely. Really David do. Warner said it was very disappointing that they only scored about 60-odd runs in the last Oh, two that was overs- bad. Horrible finish. Mm. Yeah. And we'll get to Pakistan's chase, but they weren't that far off the mark. They only needed one of their players to go on and make a big hundred. And Pakistan realistically could have chased it down. And and those errors towards the end of Australia's innings could have been costly. And as you say, it was a good comeback for Pakistan. Shaheen Afridi finished with 10 overs, 5 for 54. And I was listening to the wrap-up on the BBC this morning, and Carlos Brathwaite made a good point that – but Resim did hold Shaheen Afridi back throughout those that middle spell while Warner and Mitch Marsh were going hammer and tongs. And I wonder if he would have been better served trying to bring him back earlier and get a wicket.
0: Possibly. Um, but I think at the same time, Pakistan had a good little period. I tweeted last night, between overs 18 and 28, Warner and Marsh only scored 48 runs in those 10 overs. So Baba Razan would have felt, okay, I can hold maybe Shaheen back a little bit more, keep him more for the death. We're just holding them here with the spinners. So, yeah, that little slowdown there is probably a reason why Baba left him left him back. But it's difficult as a captain, you know, what do you do? Your, your other bowlers are not really delivering. How, 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 how much do you go to your trump card in the middle and, and, and how many overs do you leave for him at the death? Because, you know, he, he was outstanding in the death overs and brought things back. If you bowled him out too early, then who knows what Australia could have got, you know. So got, it's you're playing with you know, it's a double edged sword a little bit there for Baba. He needs the others in the attack. The likes of Harris Ralph and Hassan Ali to deliver a little bit more.
1: I agree. So after Warner's one sixty three and Mitch Marsh's one twenty one, the highest score was stoyness with twenty one, and Josh Ingus was the only other player to get into double figures with thirteen. Mm. Actually, Both Steyns' innings look pretty good in their short stays at the crease, just not long enough. Chena Freddie five for fifty-four. Harris Ralph three for eighty-three. Chapple talked about him coming back nicely. Hashin Ali bowled pretty well. None for fifty-seven, just going at seven point one and over. Usama Mir dropped a catch nine overs, one for eighty-two, so conceded over nine runs and over was out for a third ball duck. A bit of much a horror return for Usama Mir into the side. So that left Pakistan needing 368 for a win and and not forgetting the chase down 345 against Sri Lanka earlier in the tournament. So, you know, it wasn't completely out of the realms of possibility. And when they got off to a brilliant start, the openers Mm -hmm. put on 134. I was a little bit nervous, Sharable. And, you know, with with that, a couple of drop catches, Sean Abbott and Pat Cummins both dropped chances they should have taken. I, I thought Australia had the wobbles.
0: Another problem in in the, with the fielding. We we're pretty good after that, but again, you know, you're offering chances up front. So, a couple of things, right? We that's the third game in a row we haven't taken a wicket in the first power play. So, in the yep. first ten overs, that's a problem. So, what South Africa put a hundred stand, uh, Bavuma and De yeah, uh, or, or, or near that. Um, Sri Lanka did, and Pakistan did as well. So, we're going to need Mitchell Stark in particular with the new ball to deliver a little bit more than he is. Uh, and also the catching. So, yeah, I think Australia are starting too slowly with the ball. I know we won the game and we've won two in a row. We're back in the top four. The standards are high. And if you're going to win a World Cup, you've got to fix these things.
1: And, and don't you thing. think, shaba with, with our the way we've set up our bowling attack with one spinner and the three mm. quicks, you kind of need a couple of wickets with that new ball to yeah, set 100%, 100%. it
0: up for Sampa
1: and the part-timers?
0: Yeah. And it's a credit to Zampa that he's been able to deliver what he has in the last couple of games after the opposition teams had a really good start. That's what's been so impressive. You know, there was some question. And all reports
1: is very sick as well. Apparently, Zampa's yeah, yeah, and he's his, uh, he's days. got his
0: back spasms and God knows what else as into well.
1: Pulls and uh, all sorts of <laughs> but, stuff.
0: But but the nature of our team is we have to play him. You know, the nature of our squad because we've only picked the one specialist spinner along with you know, Maxwell and Travis Head there when he returns. We have to play him, and he's delivering well for us. But that first power play, you need to deliver a little bit more because if you're going to go far in the World Cup, you're going to have to take wickets up front or at least be a little bit more efficient with your control. All right? We're leaking too many exactly. runs early. Um, and, and the intensity in the field, I think particularly in the South Africa and Sri Lanka games, were quite flat early, and then we got into the game. Against the top sides, you can't afford to be doing that. So it was a good win in the end for Australia, but there's still some things to improve on. Yeah, those drop catches, particularly the Abbott one, right on the boundary. It was Abdullah Shafiq, who was a dangerous player. Uh, He had a lot of time to settle under and just, yeah, dropped it. I think he was concerned with where the rope was, where his foot was, and shelled it. Pat Cummins, I think it was Imam Al-Haq against Glenn Maxwell at mid-wicket. It was a pull shot just over his head at mid-wicket. By his standards, he he should take it and then took a really good one off Baba Razam later on. So good comeback. Uh, but we need to start better otherwise we leave ourselves too much to do
1: yeah and uh, i do have concerns about australia's fielding and and those are the sort of catches that when you get into the sort of if australia do make it to the semi-finals they can be the difference and we've For seen sure. it so often in the past sure. and, you, you can't you know, feel uh, like that you can't feel like that against the top sides you've got to get yeah. it right
0: and um and no, i was nervous I heard, as well when yeah. iftika and uh, iftika and rizwan were going there yeah. towards the back end pakistan i thought were the favorites when those two were in um, but Adam Zampa's spell outstanding, so big credit to him. He was brilliant.
1: Yeah, it just looks to me that Australia aren't actually doing enough fielding practice because this has been a, a, <laughs> it's, odd. a it's, it's been hard for a long time. And you know, when Justin Langer was the coach, he said there were two non-negotiables: high standard of fielding and being physically fit. Definitely. And it's now a player-led environment, and I'm not going to cast aspersions on their fitness, but they're certainly not fielding like Australian teams have fielded in the past, and I have said many times I've got players on the record who've said a lot of the time fielding training is optional. So uh, you, can't you be. can
0: – It can't be. Your, your fieldings are non-negotiable. Your fielding yeah. can win your games, lose your games, you know. Like, I mean, that's what was the five catches right?
1: against South Africa, two in it's this awesome. game, um, just way too many. So, yep. Pakistan, they one for 134 when Shafiq was out and Marcus Stoinis has got two crucial breakthroughs. He got oh. both openers out. He hasn't scored any runs for about the last 10 years in one day international cricket, <laughs> but he yeah, has um, a taken a couple of crucial wickets. Just on the openers, I just think Stark hasn't found his radar yet. He's not swinging that new ball. He's not mm. even troubling the batters enough and mm. Cummins actually hasn't been bowling that well either. Hazelwood's Been the one shining light. And that's no surprise. He's Mr. Consistent. But Cummins and Stark just haven't got into this tournament yet. To be fair, Cummins has been pretty good the last couple of games. I'll include yesterday.
0: I thought um, he had that chance off Abdullah Shafiq that should have been taken by Abbott. He set him up nicely. Cummins hit the deck well yesterday. And I thought he uh, led the way nicely against Sri Lanka when we needed him to perform. But the the issue I've got with Cummins is you're asking. For me, my opinion is I've probably gone down a rabbit hole here. We're asking too much of him personally Mm. heard that when you're running in and bowling quick you don't want to be thinking about tactics when you're not bowling you want to you know settle down at the end of the over and sort of regather your thoughts and whatever it is but when you when you're asked a captain you got to be on the on the money the whole time mentally we're asking a lot of him but that's a conversation for another time I guess but I think that's a reason why he hasn't been at his best with the ball even in test cricket this year he's got other things on his mind which is understandable we're asking a lot of him Hazelwood's been solid Yesterday, I thought he was excellent. Uh, his length was very good. Stark was leaking runs at one end, but Hazelwood kept it tight, and that was crucial in the early stages. Stark did swing the ball in the first few overs, but it was wayward down the leg side, lots yeah. of wides. So, yeah, as I,
1: before, as I I agree said before.
0: I Yeah, and as I said before, Stark and those early overs are going to be absolutely vital for us if we're going to you know make a mark in this tournament.
1: So after the opening partnership uh, of 134, then there was just a steady flow of wickets. There was lots of starts yep. for Pakistan. Babar Azam made 18, Muhammad Rizwan 46, uh, Sh- Sal, Shaquille 30, Iftika Ahmed 26, Muhammad Nawaz 14, but none of them was able to get the big yep. score that would take Pakistan over the line. And, and you know, I mentioned is getting a couple of big wickets, but, you know, Zampa through those middle overs was exceptional. He got Azam caught by Cummins in mid wicket, got Rizwan trapped in front um lbw he then got iftikhar ahmed lbw who missed one and it was reviewed and um he got muhammad Nawaz. good stumping by josh inglis for 14 yeah uh, you know four wickets for uh zampa the two to Stoyness. and then cummins and stark and hazelwood helped sort of clean mm. up the tail and pakistan were all out for 305 in the 40 sixth over so you know you look at the the run rate and everything yeah you know wickets in if they'd kept their wickets in hand and just scored a little a little bit quicker through that sort of 30 to 40 over patch yeah, maybe definitely. they could have actually challenged 368 which just shows you know what good batting conditions it is in ba- Bengaluru and short boundaries quick outfield good pitch that's why i felt australia and i hate you know even though they scored 367 they might have left 50 out there yeah they did they did
0: I agree with you. It should have been 400 plus, and 367 on that wicket uh, is, you know, what about 300 somewhere else, maybe, and that's yeah. been generous. It could, it could be even less on some on another ground. That is a great batting wicket and a great bat. That that ball flies over there, mm. and um, yeah, we left left a bit out there. I thought when Iftikar and Rizwan were together and Iftika was looking really good, hitting hitting big big sixes. I thought. Pakistan were in a good position. Agreed. But the worry for them was their batting was a little bit short, so they didn't play Shadab Khan in this game. And now I could understand the the logic behind leaving Shadab Khan out. He hasn't been bowling that well. But you haven't done Usama Mir a a, whole, a big favour there, picking him on that ground. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You haven't done him a big favour. <laughs> he picking hasn't done the himself any
1: favours the- either. He hasn't done himself any favours. I, the- I agree, but had- I'm talking...
0: I know, I know. But I'm talking about from a bowling perspective. I know.
1: It's I, don't, I don't, think Khan,
0: don't think Shadab Khan would have conceded a whole lot more than Osama Amir did, but Shadab Khan offers more with the bat, of course. So, yeah, interesting decision there from Pakistan. Another thing for Pakistan, I think they need Baba Razam to start owning these big games. He has a great record, but a lot of those runs are in bilateral games against teams that are not full strength. It's time now for him to deliver if they're going to do well. Um,
1: it was set up for him. I mean, the openers set it up for him. But,
0: you know, and he he's got he a, he's couldn't. got to own he's got to own these moments for, as the number one player, you know, in the rankings. And back to Australia, Adam Zampa, mate. He was, as I said before, doubts about his form, but his class sh- shines through. He was at his absolute best yesterday. He was bowling that, that up that, too. He was bowling that perfect length, men. As it was, you know, when he was you know sort of off form a little bit, he was too full. You know, a lot a lot of step hits and but when he's when he's bowling at his best, the length it's very hard to get underneath the ball. His length is so good, and he's bowling straight. And that wicket of Iftikhar Ahmed was the one I think that that gave Australia the real foothold in the game. And then he got Rizwan soon after in that great spell there at the end. And yeah, we didn't look back. So great. To see I, also Zampa bowling top,
1: I also thought Zampa's top spinner had a bit more zip than we've seen yeah. in the first couple of games. He just seemed to yep. have a bit more on the ball and um, yeah, great great for him. Two good games in a row. So Australia win a, their second victory in a row. They're, they're now into the top four. So the top four, you've got New Zealand with four wins out of four games. India the same, four wins out of four games in second spot just behind New Zealand in net run rate. Then you've yep. got South Africa in third spot. And now Australia have fourth spot ahead of Pakistan on net run rate. But you've got England looming on two points and they've only played three games. So I think it's going to be a really exciting tussle for the top four. You you can sort of see that third and fourth spot being wide open heading into the last couple of rounds. Agree.
0: And I thought that would be the case heading into the World Cup where you, you probably get those six teams um, you know, England, Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand, India, and South Africa fighting for those four spots realistically. My, my views before the tournament is we'd sneak in. Uh, I think we've got enough quality to sneak in, whether we can go all the way. I don't think so, but but that was my thinking at the start of the tournament. But when we talk about fielding and we talk about these fine margins, when you've got you know, a lot of teams that are fighting for those top four spots, you've got to take your chances when you can. Um, but very pleased after those first two losses that we've won these two games, the next three were crucial because we've got Netherlands next. They're a good side. They're playing well, so you can't take mm-hmm. them lightly. But if you win that, you go three wins, two losses. Then we have two vital games against New Zealand and England after that, and then a finish with Afghanistan and Bangladesh. So I think from here, we win. How many games we have left? We've got uh, five. Yes, five, five. games left. I think four might get us in. So hopefully, hopefully the guys, you know, you know, start peaking towards the semi-finals as well. That'll be ideal. Hit yeah, your best form in the semi
1: finals. A couple of cheeky upsets from some of the lower ranked nations. Like That's what I'm saying. So yeah, you can't you can't Africa take really teams lightly. Certainly yeah. Afghanistan
0: and, and Netherlands in particular are playing well and that they can cause us problems. Bangladesh on their day can do something. You've got to be on your game, no doubt about it. But I think Australia have it in them to win at least four of those, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, I'd be very nervous if Australia were chasing anything over three hundred against Bangladesh or Afghanistan. Agree or with Bangladesh. their yes yeah. All right, yeah. so Australia, they get the win. Now so they play the Dutch on Wednesday night. I guess a lot of the talking points will be around whether Travis Head is fit and can come into the team against the the Dutch. Maybe they'll feel like they can hold him back and just give him a couple more days to get his hand right. Um, I don't think Australia will make any other changes to the team. I think they're sort of set with their 11. And although Stoinis mm. is not scoring runs, I do think he offers a bit more than Cameron Green at the moment in that position of six or seven. And as I said before, I think Travis said, will come in for Manus. You'll, you'll stick mm. head up at uh, opening with Warner. Again, you'll, mm. you'll put Mitch Marsh at three, you have Smith at four. And that looks like a nice balance for the yeah. back half of the tournament.
0: I agree with that. And uh, I agree with your point on Stoyness. I think he's offering more, particularly with the ball ahead of Green. So They'll stick with him and, yeah, Travis Head. And then uh, they don't really have a lot of whole other options to, you know, particularly in the bowling department, the spin department.
1: Certainly not make with changes, the spinners. To make Bailey. Changes, I think George Bailey forgot this World Cup was being played in India because it's a, it's a stunning <laughs> oversight from our selection panel and coaches. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, 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 uh, it And it has really forced me into a corner where I think now you need separate white ball coaches because there's no way a white ball head coach lets that happen if their job is on the line. I think this yeah, is complacent. He was lazy and they took their eye off the ball. And, and we're seeing here Zampa is struggling and he's doing a great job. But, you know, what if he gets worse? So we're going to bring in a spinner completely cold into the the business end of the tournament. It's, yep. it's, it borders on farcical.
0: Yeah, agree, mate. We need another spinner there. Two specialist spinners at least in your squad, you know, and then you've got the all-rounders there that can offer a job as well. Maxwell, to his credits, bowled well, but uh, you need that uh, another specialist option. And we, we played, you know, for example, Matt Kunneman, very accurate left-arm spinner. We played him in ODIs last year in the subcontinent. Where is he? Exactly. You know? He should be in the squad. Um, when Agar got injured, he should, injured, in the
1: he should have been on the first plane over there. But on Glenn Maxwell, and, and last point before I let you go, we've got run over time, but yeah. I thought we saw the first team that identified Maxwell as a bit of a soft spot, spot. He only, he bowled five overs, conceded 40, went for eight and over. And I thought Pakistan were the first team that went, okay, well, they've only got one spinner and then they've got Maxwell, yeah. target Maxwell. And, it was tough conditions for him, but I think more teams are going to do that because yeah. they can't just let him while away. Um, Agree. Anyway. Um, anyway.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. If, if they take on Maxwell and teams are successful in doing that, it gives Pat Cummins and the guys a whole and a different problem, you know, to deal with.
1: Exactly. Well, good news for this Saturday morning. Australia beat Pakistan, a thrilling match. They win by 62 runs. The player of the match was David Warner. What a birthday for Mitchell Marsh, scoring 121. Uh, creditable performances to Adam Zamp with four for 53 um, with the ball. Uh, stoyness with two for 40, took some important wickets, and Australia get the chocolates. Now, Charbel, thanks for joining me. Where can the listeners keep up with all your fine cricket work? yeah you can follow me at
0: CrickBlogPodcast uh, Crick blog podcast um and, and we we post a lot of videos on Crick blog TV YouTube channel so you can catch me there um we'll do we've got an episode coming out tonight uh, on the world Cup so far and also you can follow me at, at Crick underscore blog on Twitter or X as, it, as it's called now mm-hmm. so you can catch you can catch me there
1: yeah, terrific stuff, Sharb. Always great to talk to you about cricket. So I'll be back on Monday and recording a, a sort of a full podcast episode. James Baisley from Queensland is joining me again, and we're gonna wrap up the World Cup and maybe take a bit of a deep dive into the domestic scene and the WBBL. Um so thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Cricket Unfiltered. Australia have two wins in a row. <laughs>